This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Snap to Carr on the shotgun, back to pass, climbs the pocket, eyes downfield, fires a strike to Devontae, the 25, breaks away 20, 15, 10, 5, dives, touchdown Raiders! And it's dropped on the field, Raiders pounce on top of it, Butler loses it, it's still loose! Pittman fell back on it, if it's a fumble, he got back on the football field. Yes he did! Just fall on the football! Link, we came into this game, and really, it's felt like this for the last couple of weeks, like these are must-wins. This felt like a got-to-have. And today, they had a much better second half than first again. But as Matt Ryan takes that final knee, unfortunately, the result's the same. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. It felt like a got-to-win. It felt like there's no way they could lose, but yet here we are for the third week in a row as we're at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino as we are every Monday, and we're talking about the same thing, another Raiders L. I told everyone who was anyone who was listening all week last week, the Raiders had no business losing that game on Sunday to the Indianapolis Colts. I still, right now, sitting here at 201 on Monday, still believe the Raiders have no business losing that game to the Colts except for they did. 25-20, to 20, the Raiders fall to 2-7 and seven on the season, and you want to talk about going from the penthouse to the outhouse, it's really what the story has been all season long. I know there's a lot of frustrated members of Raider Nation. I know there's a lot of frustrated players in that Raiders locker room. I'm sure there's a lot of frustrated coaches that are trying to put together a plan, trying to come up with something and figure out what in the world is going on. Of course, all eyes are on the future when it comes to the silver and black. Uh, we talked about it after the Saints game. I said it was evaluation season. It is no doubt about evaluation season. That's what's going to be going on from here on out, and it's it's unfortunate to talk about it when it, when everyone went into the season uh, th- with the the high expectations as we all did. I know I, I know I did. I, mean, I won't say I won't speak for everybody. Maybe everyone saw this coming. I didn't. But it's a uh, it's 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 embarrassing, and it, and it's just it's just a terrible look. And I know Raider Nation is very frustrated, as you could tell by the end of the game. On Sunday, the boos that you heard coming down at Allegiant Stadium as the Raiders again drop to 2-7 and seven on the season. So we got plenty to get to on today's show. Again, we are in the Underground Lounge. That's inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here for Monday Night Football. We just had a bunch of great prizes delivered to us. We have a lot of T-shirts. We have some Hooters calendars for 2023. Thank you so much for all that. I appreciate you. We got some nice towels here. Uh, we got some uh, Hop Valley the official IPA of the Raiders. We got all kind of hookup for you, not to mention tickets, Raider Nation Radio Cups. We got some hand sanitizer, so if you need to clean up the hands a little something, something, want to wipe that, uh, that, that bad feeling off your hands from yesterday's game, we got the hand sanitizer for you that you can get that as well. So come on by. Uh, we'll be here throughout the course of the night this evening as we prepare for Monday Night Football. Uh, you'll see the Philadelphia Eagles, who have not lost the game this season, going up against the Washington Commanders. So that will be the game that's on the big screen. Uh, but we're here for you for the next few hours and excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show. Always excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show, whether it's a win, a loss, a tie, whatever the case may be, we're always going to bring it each and every day here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So coming up at 2.30, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, and the RJ, uh, he does fantastic work for both and had a conversation earlier today with uh, owner Mark Davis. So we'll talk about that. His piece is out right now on the RJ. So if you want to go ahead and get a little bit of a reading up on it, you can do that. But uh, Ed Graney, uh, Paul Gutierrez, a couple others I saw uh, had opportunities to talk with uh, owner Mark Davis earlier today. So we'll talk to Ed Graney about his conversations. And right now it's thumbs up. 
It's thumbs up for Josh McDaniels in the head coaching position. I know a lot of Raider Nation uh, have texted me personally and said, oh, he's got to go, this, that, and the other. I've said it so many times, uh, so I'm blue in the face, that you just can't get into the habit of, um, you know, firing coach after coach after coach after coach. That, that'll never work, but I understand, right? I understand the sentiment, uh, the sentiment. I understand why people are upset. I understand why people are angry. I understand why people would want that to happen especially with the 2-7 and seven record uh, when there was a lot of hype and belief going into this season that the Raiders were going to be a really good team. And it just obviously has not materialized like that. But it doesn't sound like as of right now that head coach Josh McDaniels is on any kind of hot seat, even though I know plenty of people would love for him to be on that seat. So coming up at 2.30, Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and also the RJ will join us to talk all things silver and black in that conversation he had with owner Mark Davis at 3 o'clock. Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, played with the Eagles that are going to be playing tonight, played with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, was a big-time defensive back in the NFL. He's going to join us to talk about the locker room. And today uh, on the show in general, we're going to have a lot of conversations about the locker room because if when I'm looking at it from where I'm looking at it and from what I witnessed and, and heard and seen uh, last night at Allegiant Stadium following the game, the locker room is the main issue. The locker room is the main issue. Uh, some guys are on board, some guys aren't. I mean, it's just that that simple. We can just put it just right out there that the locker room is the issue, and I don't know what you do in week 10 to go ahead and turn that thing around or try to get the locker room to be all on board. I really don't. You know, I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's just the players and the, the want to, but uh, after Derek Carr went through his emotional, uh, you know, answers that he gave last night at the podium, it's clear as day that everyone is not you know, on board with each other. Everyone is not doing their job and not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So we'll have a lot of conversations today about the Raiders locker room and how you go about fixing that up or if there's anything that they can do. But Mark McMillan, who spent many years in an in NFL locker room, will join us at 3 o'clock to talk exactly about that. And then at 4.30, Connor Orr from SI.com, he'll join the show, put out a Monday morning quarterback piece. And uh, matter of fact, it dropped late last night. And it was just about the fact that the Indianapolis Colts was the conversation all week long last week. And how could they do this? Why would they do this? This guy's never coached in the NFL. This guy hasn't even coached in college, and now he's going to be the head coach. Oh, this guy's never done play calling ever. He's going to be calling the plays. No way they lose this game to the Raiders. And if they do, oh, man, the Raiders are going to be the laughing stock. Well, the Raiders end up losing the game and are currently the laughing stock of the NFL. I mean, that's what makes it even worse. The one game that you just know that they can't lose is the game that they lost. And, of course, they, they're hearing it. They know it. I mean, it's not like uh, I'm breaking any news. It's not like there's any secrets out here right now. I mean, everyone is, is, is talking about it. Uh, they went from being, you know, a, a team that was involved in the joke because it was the Colts to being the butt of the joke, which is not a position that they want to be in, not a position that anybody wants to see them in. But Connor Orr from SI.com, uh, Monday Morning Quarterback, put out a piece. Uh, he'll join us at 430. Not only that, we have plenty of sound from the later Raiders locker room. Devontae Adams met with us uh, following the game. Amik Robertson met with us following the game. Jerron Harmon, uh, Jayon Brown, Sam Webb. And then we even have some sound from Richard Seymour pregame as he had his number uh, put up on the Hall of Fame wall there at Allegiant Stadium. I thought that was really cool just to get a few minutes with big Richard Seymour, a uh, guy who spent, you know, not a long time with the Raiders, but he was a, a pretty good leader uh, with, the, with the teams that he was on. Again, some very uh, or not so very good teams that Richard was a part of, but uh, he did his part as much as he could to try to help out and 
provide some leadership. And, of course, I think what he's most famous for in the silver and black jersey is the punch to, uh, to Big Ben's face mask. And I actually asked him about that in our pregame conversation. So you'll hear that at some point throughout the course of the show. But we got a lot to get to on today's show. Again, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas will join us at 2.30. Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, will join us at 3. And Connor Orr, SI.com at 4.30. Those are the guests we have coming up on the show, not to mention sounds from the Raiders locker room. All that's coming up before 5 o'clock here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Got a text already from the 707. I got receipts, Q. I knew the Raiders weren't going to win. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I always love the people that love to toot their own horn. If you haven't known, if you don't know me yet very well, like if you just started listening to me, the one thing I'm not a big fan of, and I don't do it at all, and I'm not a big fan of it, is the I told you so, guys. Right? I, I never I, – I mean, and look, there's been plenty of times where I can come on and be like, I told you, I told you, but I just think that that's so boring. Right? I mean, it's just so – anyone could do that, right? I mean, how many times do you say something wrong that you didn't have the receipt of? And I'm not, I'm not crapping on you. I'm just saying in general because so many people like to do that. Oh, see, I told you. I told you. Okay, cool. But how many times do you come back and you're wrong and you say, hey, you know what? I was wrong about that. Like, just keep it – let's just keep it a buck, right? Just keep it a buck. If you're going to come back and tell me how you were right about everything, tell me when you were wrong. That's all I want to know. Let's just keep it, let's just keep it 100. Let's just, let's just do it all, all the same. If you're going to brag about one, brag about the other. Like, I've been on the radio a thousand times and said I was wrong about, the, I was wrong about this season. I'll be the first to tell you. I thought this was a 10-win team, 11-win team, and a playoff team. I'll be the first to tell you that. I know my guy Mike was not a big fan, didn't think the team was going to be very successful. That was from the jump. He tweets at us all the time. That was from the jump. But, you know, you're going to hit me with the I knew it, I knew it. Cool. Well, hit me with the I was wrong. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it all all the way real. But anyway, that's not the that's not the point of the question. I know we got a lot of callers and we got a lot of texts coming in. But I want to talk about the locker room. It's clearly not bought in. Some guys care. Other guys clearly don't. Right? I mean, and, and when I say care, just they they're all on the same level. I mean, Derek Carr was a very emotional Derek Carr, and I know there's plenty of people that are crapping on Derek Carr for you know being emotional at the at the podium. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I have no problem with him being emotional. I mean, I know that there's times where I get upset. I'm sure I'm emotional, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, at least, at least at the end of the day, I know he cares, right? I mean, if I learn anything about Derek Carr on Sunday night is that he really cares about this Raiders organization. Regardless of if they end up winning, losing, whatever the case may be, there's one dude that really, truly cares. It's D.C., and it doesn't mean just because he was out there and he was crying and emotional, that's the only way that you can prove that you care, but you just don't manufacture that. That doesn't get manufactured unless you really, you know, are feeling some kind of way and you're really, you know, upset. And that's what he was. So I'm not, I'm not mad at him at all about that. I saw a lot of people hitting me up and, oh, man, are you going to give him a bad time? Why would I give him a bad time? Why would I give him a bad time about that? But with that being said, in the locker room, obviously it is not where it needs to be. So how do you go about fixing that for now, the short term, and later, the long term, the future? How do you... How do you clean that up? And, and the reason I ask the question and the way I ask it, when new regimes come in, they bring in their guys, right, in air quotes. They bring in their guys so they can have a lot of buy-in in the locker room so there is no problems in the locker room. This regime brought in a lot of their own guys. 
right? I mean, they brought in Brandon Bolden. They brought in uh, Jakob Johnson. They brought in uh, Deron Harmon. You know, they brought in guys that are very – Chandler Jones. They brought in guys that are very familiar with them and their scheme and they've worked with before so they could have the buy-in. And then you see that the buy-in's still not there 100%. That's, that's where it's alarming to me. And I'm not saying it's those guys. I don't know the guys that aren't bought in. And I'm not here to speculate on the guys who aren't bought in. But Derek Carr in his way – said that everyone's not bought in. Devontae Adams in the locker room, who you'll hear later on in the show, in his own way said guys aren't bought in. I mean, there's just that, – that's, that's an issue. I mean, it's truly, it's truly an issue. And, again, I know they're sitting there at 2-7. and seven. I'm not talking about no kind of playoff run. I'm not talking about going on a winning streak. I'm talking about how do you fix that in the short term and how do you fix that in the long term. Because that's what the goal is now. At this point, and Josh McDaniels met with us earlier today. He, I mean, I don't know about how many answers it was, but he said build – Build, build, build. So, I mean, they're, they're building and attempting to build for the future. So, that's the question I'll throw out there to you. We'll hear some from head coach Josh McDaniels, a little bit of the sound bites he had uh, from earlier today. We'll hear that in a little bit. But uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and light up the phone lines real quick because I know everyone's got something to say and something on their mind, and I'm not mad at that. Let's start things off at 702-365-9200. Let's start, start things off with 918 Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? How are you guys? Blessed, man. Blessed. Oh yeah, man. Uh, man, I've watched. I've watched this like every game uh, this season. Had a lot of uh, I don't know expectations, um, but I don't. I don't know exactly where. I think McDaniel's is right. There's a lot of things going on, and a lot of it's not his fault, but a lot of it is his fault too. Uh, like I just don't get whenever you have somebody like Carr that's so smart. Uh, like, why aren't we running any type of up-tempo? Why aren't we trying anything different? It's just like we're just keep pounding our head against the, the wall and losing these games by one, five points, whatever it is. Uh, and then, like, the other side of that, on um, the defense, it's just like uh, we keep trying to play players that aren't like uh, like Chandler Jones. Like, it seemed like the first four or five games, like, he was playing some sort of, like, passive, almost like spy rush uh, and that's why he wasn't just pinning his ears back and running back. Like, why aren't we having these guys dial? I don't know if that's uh, the defense coordinator uh, or if that's – I don't know. It just seems like nobody's on the right page, and we are still barely able to lose. Um, I, don't, I don't know. And I don't I, – I would like to see both of, like, Carr and McDaniels figure this out because I feel like we have all the pieces, but it's just not adding up right now. Um, like, where are we going to go after Carr? We're going to try to get somebody, like, what, what, what's the move? I, I don't feel comfortable unless we have something to go to. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I think there's a lot of questions. And, you know, the, the more conversations that we have will probably end up generating more questions than we will answers because right now we just don't know. We know what, we, know what we see and we know what we hear. And that's all that we can really judge everything on right now, and that's rough. Right? I mean, you talked about having the pieces. I don't think that the Raiders have the pieces. And, again, <laughs> I thought that the Raiders had enough pieces to get it done. I thought the offense – this was my, my vision why I thought the team was going to be so good. The offense was going to be great and the defense was going to be improved. And if, that had, if those two things had happened, then it was going to be a 10-win game, a 10-win season at least because the offense was going to be able to compete with anybody. Right now the offense only plays about two quarters of the game, it seems like. It doesn't seem like they play a four-quarter game at all. The way that they started the game yesterday was so bad. I mean, it was just awful. You know, Derek Carr starting out 0 for 5, and 
Nothing looked like anything. You know, I mean, the, the team started getting booed in, like, the first quarter, right? I mean, they kind of told you all you needed to know. And I just sat there in the press box, and I was sitting next to Amber Theo Harris, and we kept talking. I was like, what the hell is going on? And I think in the first quarter, I looked at her, and I said, the Raiders are going to lose this game, aren't they? She said, I don't know. You know, the fortunate at that point, the Colts were still punting too. But then they all of a sudden were able to get things together. And, you know, it's funny, talking about the defense, if you go back and really look, they, they ran about as vanilla of a defense as they could have yesterday. And that was part of the problem. Matt Ryan was able to, as a veteran, just be able to kind of pick them apart because they just ran a super vanilla offense, and he knows how to get the ball out of his hand quick enough to make plays. And nothing really looked like it was too challenging for him. You know, Max Crosby got a sack. Chandler Jones almost got there once. As a matter of fact, on that one where he almost got there, Max ended up getting the sack. But Chandler Jones, and, and I don't, you know, I don't try to be sound disrespectful and I don't try to sound, you know, like I'm pointing the finger at anybody, but, man, he's been a huge disappointment. It's been a huge disappointment. I think everybody was excited for the most part when he arrived in Vegas. thinking he was going to be able to t- team up with, uh, with Max Crosby and they were going to have a great one-two punch. And, you know, for one reason or the other, it just hasn't shaken out like that. And we get opportunities after the game, and I, I'm only going to the home games. I'm not on the going to the road games. But after the home games, we get an opportunity to get into the locker room. And, like, yesterday, as soon as we got into the locker room, Chandler Jones was gone. Like, I would love to just get a couple minutes with him and be like, you know, what are you seeing? What's going on out there? Where's the lack of success? The Raiders as a team have ten sacks on the season. Ten. And Crosby has seven of them. Denzel Perryman has one. Clee Farrell and Chandler Jones have a half each, and Nate Hobbs has one. Hobbs is out. Clee Farrell was a healthy, healthy scratch. Chandler Jones didn't do anything, and Denzel Perryman was, uh, was out as well. <laughs> so there's that, right? And then Max picked up a sack. It's just unbelievable. Speaking of the Raiders' defensive line and people, they did claim defensive lineman Jerry Tillery off of waivers on Monday. He was a guy that was waived on Thursday by the Chargers. He's been in the league about four years out of Notre Dame. I was actually, when the Chargers waived him, I thought because they need defensive tackle help, I thought, you know what, they, he's at least worth the flyer. At least try to claim him, see what, you know, see what it looks like. I mean, the, the salary that he's, he's owed is not a whole lot. I think his base salary was $2 million for this year, so all they have to pay is the rest of it, which is not a big deal. They can do that. They add him to the active roster, put him in the, in the rotation with the with, uh, Andrew Billings, Bilal Nichols, they still have to make a move unless they had an open spot. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what the number is. They might not have even had to because they made so many roster spots, so they might have had an open spot. But, I mean, all he could do is, I think at this point, he can't hurt, hurt anything. Throughout the course of his four-year career, he has ten and a half sacks. He's able to get some pressure. He's a, he's a pretty good little player. 2021, he had four and a half sacks, but uh, that, was, that was the year that he had the most sacks from the interior. But, even the one sack that he, he has this year is more than any other defensive tackle on the Raiders roster right now. So I think he can help. You know, we'll see, we'll see what he does and when he's actually added to the mix. But, again, everything right now is evaluation time. It's all about evaluation time. So maybe Jerry Tillery can help provide a little something-something. Uh, Glenn in San Jose hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. If it's a locker room mission issue that's on the players then, that's their domain. Captains need to break their feet off in some back pockets before and after games. Again, that's Glenn in San Jose. And I truly believe 100% that the locker room is, I don't want to say a mess, but it's, 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 in, a, it's in a bad way. It really is. You know, and I, I just, when we went into the locker room yesterday, it just, you could feel the tension. You could feel the tension. You could tell that everybody wasn't on the same page. And I can't speculate and say, you know, who's, who's what, but I could just 
you could just get that sense and that feel. That's what I like to do. I like to sit back and observe and sometimes comment, but a lot of times just like to observe and, and, and get people's body language and, you know, hear how, how guys sound. And you can pick up a lot from saying nothing. You really can. I always say the best talker is the best listener. You can listen and read the room. You get a pretty good idea of what's going on. And I'll tell you right now, when I read that, that Raiders locker room yesterday, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a whole lot of good. So uh, the, 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 the lock, and, and based off what Derek Carr said as well, and Devontae Adams, that there's definitely a disconnect in that Raiders locker room, and that's not, that's not okay. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our guy Stove. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, hey, what's up, Q? Uh, I'll tell you, being a Raider fan, there there's no room for being weak. I mean, they, they beat <laughs> you up over and over and over. You've been with us forever. Uh, we still love this team, or we want to love this team, and it's and it just tears you apart. You're watching the game yesterday. You know this team isn't ending up in the playoffs. Right. Are we rooting for a win? Are we rooting for a lot? What, I mean, what what is it? I, I've always said I'm, I'm not a Derek Carr guy, but I love him. I love him. If he was ever able to hold up the Lombardi trophy wearing silver and black, he would go down as the greatest Raider of all time. But I can't wait till they replace him. What, now, where do we go from here? Who, who knows, right? But, but the part of it I don't get is Paul Gunther was a disaster. Gus Bradley, I, I, as much as we wanted to love him, his defense was a disaster. Patrick Graham comes in, his defense is a disaster. I mean, we're, what are we now, seven, eight years of the worst defense ever? And, and, and there's no sign that it's going to break. Nate Hobbs could be an all-timer. Max Crosby could be an all-timer. After that, where are we? Chandler Jones stole money. He, he stole money. And, and, you know, last year I kind of questioned it, like the guy had ten sacks on the year but five in one game. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? And, and when we went into the season, we look at the AFC West, and we had four teams with great uh, pass rushers, two different pass rushers. Well, Bradley Chubb is gone from Denver. In San Diego, in, uh, in, uh, with the Chargers, Bosa's hurt again, breaking news. And, and Chandler Jones never showed up. So everything we expected this season to be, it's nowhere near it. I was on board with you that this was going to be a 10-win season, and then you see where it lands. But let's, let's be honest. We, we made the playoffs by accident last year. It was an accidental playoff appearance. It was amazing. It was incredible. But, but I mean, quirky plays here and there was the only reason we made it. And then, they, you know, we brought in Josh McDaniels and Ziegler, and I very much was on board with it. I believed in it, and I still want to. But they, they just tear your heart out. There's no, there's no momentum that, that makes you believe that the organization is going in the right way. And you never get a chance. I mean, I, I, let me just, I, I know you got a lot, a lot of calls. Let me just say one more thing. I want you to flash back to week two or three or whatever that was with the Cardinals game. We're leading 20 to nothing at the half. And, and I was sitting there next to my poor 23-year-old son who's a diehard and has never seen us win anything. And we were feeling like, oh, my God, this is what it feels like to turn the corner. <laughs> Fast forward to the end of that day, and it was another kick in the gut. I, I don't know what to do, but it is a constant beating up. Uh, it's an abusive relationship to be a Raider, Raider fan. 
Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, they turned the corner. They turned the wrong corner in that game. You know, I remember that going into halftime. Nelly's performing. Everyone's feeling good about themselves. And uh, it just turned out not to be uh, what any of us thought it was going to be. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's rough, man. You know, I'm glad you brought up the playoff run last year, though, because if you look at it, and we had so many people on the show come on the show and say, yeah, but Q, the way they were able to find ways to get into into the playoffs and the way they found ways to even win games is not sustainable. Right, and I think that even maybe Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler probably looked at them as a playoff team from a year ago and said, yeah, you know what, if we go and make a few minor tweaks, maybe it can improve the team, and it just hasn't worked out that way. But I think that a lot of folks, not me, again, I thought that the team was the playoff team. I thought that they were going to, if they you know, found ways to win last year, they're not only going to find ways to win, but they're going to be dominant this year. That was on me. I, I got that one wrong. So that's, you know, and again, I have no problem saying that. Let's go ahead and get one more call in, and then we'll get to our guy, Ed Graney. Fargo Raider, you're up. What's on your mind, brother? Here in the month. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I know you're warmer than I am. We're getting snow down here, or up here, I should say. And uh, I feel just like my Raiders. I turned on my car. I walked outside. Everything was going cool. And then, uh, you know, it came time to get in the car. I stepped on the snow, and I just busted my ass. I just went straight to the ground. Hard, hard wake-up call for everybody on the squad. They are who we thought they were. Rebuild time. We had said this. I'm gonna admit I was wrong. I when I first when I first heard the whole hires, I was like, all right, looks like a rebuild. Walks like a duck. Quacks like a duck. It's a duck. You know, it might be a rebuild. Get ready for that. Slowly, we started to hear how these guys could teach, how it's going to be different this time around. And I bought in to the hype that, as Raider fans, we always buy in. It doesn't even matter. Coming off of that, you know, 0-10, finally went to a 14 season, I was optimistic the season after that. So we're always going to be that way. What hurts the most is that the seasons after those seasons, we always came back and the squad had been turned over some, but it wasn't. You didn't see world beaters on the squad. You saw guys who you had hopes and dreams for that could succeed, but never panned out. And this time around, we had guys who we thought were world beaters, and we're seeing right now that anybody could be beaten. And it's upsetting. I'm not going to sit here and chant, you know, fire everybody, because realistically, that's what's getting us here to these points over and over and over again. We turn over everybody. Things don't go our way. We turn over the coaching staff. We turn over the, the roster. And then the next season, we're back to two win seasons. And everybody's sitting here complaining and moaning for the coaches to be gone. Maybe it's time that we just sat still and let this pan out. I'm pissed, well, too. You know, I understand. I understand why some people are calling for these guys to go. But it's too soon, first right. of all. Right. The buy-in, I agree with you, Q. The buy-in is the buy-in's not there. At first, you could see everybody was all in. Everybody was happy. It's not working right now. That, thank you for the call, my man. We got to run. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with the, the buy-in's definitely not there. And like I said, multiple guys have, have let that be known in the locker room. That's not me speculating. That's not me, you know, trying to, trying to be smarter than the room because that's, that's, that's just me listening. Again, and, and that's obvious, like I said, it's not anything that at 2.30 in the afternoon I'm breaking this news. It's something that we've been talking about here on the radio station all day, and I know a lot of folks have been talking about it for some weeks now. 2.27 is the time. When we come back, we are at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ has a piece out right now about Mark Davis giving a thumbs up to head coach Josh McDaniels. We'll talk about that next on Red Nation Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Got to have everybody on the same wavelength. Everybody's got to go out there and put everything into it, you know what I mean, throughout the week. And then Sunday's supposed to be fun, and that's the least fun day of the week right now. So Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. The Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casinos where we're at every single Monday night. Come on by here, hang out with us, watch some football, some Monday night football action as Week 10 is going to get wrapped up. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Commanders, the Eagles remain undefeated, trying to go and continue to be undefeated on the young season. Well, it's not young anymore. It's 10 weeks in, so it's not young anymore. Joining us on the phone lines to talk all things Las Vegas Raiders is our guy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and, of course, the RJ, the Review Journal. And Ed's got a piece out right now. Mark Davis on Josh McDaniels. He's doing a fantastic job. Ed, I give you the, I give you the floor. I know nobody in Raider Nation wants to hear Mark Davis say that Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job with a 2-7 and seven team, but – you talked to him. What was his thoughts? Well, Q, in that sense, I think there was context to it. Um, I think what he meant there was, you know, where they came and where they're going. And he did mention to me, obviously, last year John Gruden had a 10-year contract and a 10-year plan, and he had to leave. Uh, said they did an exhaustive, exhaustive search for the person they believe in is going to bring them the greatness, and he still believes it's Josh McDaniel. So I think there was some context to that in terms of he's doing a fantastic job. I think what that came off as, is he's doing a fantastic job given where they came from. Um, but, he, you know, he, it was a vote of confidence. Uh, he said he has no issues with them. He likes them. Um, and you and I both know as well as anyone there's not going to be a coaching change this year, um, and there shouldn't be. Have, right. I think you have to have some kind of continuity or some sort of consistency. You just can't keep going back to the same old thing. And, and obviously Gruden was a different, it was a different um, situation there. Right. No one ever thought he was going to leave, uh, but then that the emails cropped up. Um, I think he, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, I know he told Paul Gutierrez of ESPN this, and he told me the same thing. Rome wasn't built in a day, and I think as an owner, you have to have a long term look at this um, and what you want out of your coach. And I think he, I think he believes in him, and that's why he hired him, and that's why he gave him a four year contract. Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty Unnecessary Roughness. So let me ask you this: What will have to happen like how bad will it get or do you think it's already to the point where it's bad enough that there'll be some like position coaches changed that even at the end of the season well and josh mcdaniel said that in his remarks today you know things change at the end of the season he said you know players even through in coaches so um i would be surprised and like he said it happens with every team in the league uh, but especially ones that lose I would be surprised if there's not some shakeup staff-wise if this continues down the road, it's continuing down. And that would be for any team if it continues down this road. I mean, they're 2-7. and seven, um, And, you know, let's say they, you know, keep going down this road. I think you and I'd both be surprised if there weren't players gone that are on this team right now and coaches that are gone around this team right now. That's just the NFL. That's kind of the harsh reality of the business these guys sign up for. Yeah, it's not for long. That's what the NFL stands for, not for long, because you're not around very long, whether right. you're a player or or a coach. Well, Ed, let me ask you this, because the Raiders made the playoffs last year, and I believed going into the season, hey, this was going to be a team that had an opportunity to win 10 games. Obviously, that's not the case. So how much of those wins that they get last year and end up getting into the playoffs were more of kind of fluky situations or just kind of falling into a good situation as opposed to going out and really winning games? That's fascinating because I was just having this conversation with someone earlier in terms of their 0-6 and 1-score games this year, and last year I think they were 7-2. and Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, you make a good point, Q, and it's hindsight. So we're looking back. Everything's always hindsight when you look back. But was it fool's gold? Right. You know, you know, was it, you know, because you assume with Devontae Adams this year, they were going to be better this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you assumed like, oh, man, they made the playoffs last year. Now you had Devontae Adams. Uh, you had Chandler Jones. You didn't know that Chandler Jones was going to perform as he has. You added a guy who's, you know, obviously had a great career to that point, And you think automatically, well, they're going to be better. I think it's, you know, it's incumbent now to look back at last year and to kind of do a close study on how they got there, why they got there. And, you know, again, if it was a little, you know, you use the word fluky, fool's gold, however you want to use it, mm-hmm. were they as good as to be a playoff team? Now, they were a playoff team, so you have to give them credit for that. Yep. I mean, they, they got it done. Um, but, yeah, now 0-6-1 and one score game 7-2 and two last year. That's a big difference, man. Yeah, no, it really is, and that's a—I uh, mean—that's that's the difference in in what's going on right now. They've got two wins on the season, as opposed to all those close ones that they were able to win a year ago. Yeah. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty on this roughness. So, Ed, you were in Cars Presser. I was not. I was in the Raiders locker room, but you were in Cars Presser. And when I met up with you right outside, you said he was crying, and I thought it was so funny because I thought. You meant like sarcastically, like oh, he was crying about something, this, that, and the other. No, but no, he no. was literally crying. I mean, that was emotions, which are fine. But yeah. when you saw that, what did you think? What what was what was going through your mind when you saw Derek get as emotional as he did? You know, I just think it's a guy who's been there nine years, who's seen it all, and wants to win as bad as anyone. I do think he loves the organization. I do think he lives for that organization, and I just think it all came down on him at once. I mean, you know, look, it's not a good loss, and. We can make fun about Jeff Saturday and all that. I, I think there's more to it than, you know, you can have your jokes about Jeff Saturday not being a coach and all of that, but I think there's more to it. And I think, you know, Devontae and Derek, both the last few weeks have kind of, you know, they've, they've called some guys out without naming names about mm-hmm. effort and passion and, and being committed and buying all in. And when your team leaders do that, I think people need to take account of it. Um, and so I think he just got emotional because he's been there nine years. He's, I mean, he's, he's got to be the longest tenured guy. And he's gone through a lot. He's gone through a lot of head coaches. He's gone through a lot of offensive coordinators. Um, and, you know, I didn't I, – I, I thought it was fine. I mean, you, look, you've you got to react how you're going to react. And if you're emotional about it, you're emotional about it. I don't think you should hold that stuff in if that's how serious you are about it and that's how, you know, passionate you feel about things. Um, I've heard other people say, oh, it's not a right look for a quarterback. I don't really know what that means. I mean, right. He's a human being. He's a human being. So I don't really care what position he plays. I know the quarterback's the leader and all the cliches of football – but, you know, he was just – he was overwrought with emotion, and he let it come out. And, again, I just think it's a guy who wants to win as much or more than anyone in the locker room, and it's just not going that way. You know, you get to a ninth year, um, you know, you're on the other end than the beginning end, right? I mean, you're, you're on the other end of things than nine years in, um, unless you're Brady. So, you know, I, I just – I didn't have a problem with it. Um, he should show his emotions if that's what he wants to do, if that's how, that's how he's reacting to what happened. Uh, like I said, I think there's a bigger picture thing here where is there some discord within that locker room with the passion and what he's talking about? And, you know, I mean, I thought it was really interesting that he used the phrase, you know, the, those of us who put their bodies through this so they can sleep at night or, you yeah. know, or those of us who put their bodies. I mean, who's he talking to in that sense? Do you talk about guys who aren't in the field? Right. I don't know that. I have no idea who he's talking about, and I don't think we will know. And, you know, I don't think we should know probably. I think that stuff should be, remain internal and they should handle their business as team leaders. Um, but you know, when it comes back to his emotions, that was just, that's just what poured out of him, you know? And, um, I thought he was very genuine and, um, you know, that's just an emotional time for the guy. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. I didn't think there was anything wrong with him showing emotions, but I'm like you. I saw plenty of people like dogging him for being emotional. I'm thinking, man, no. what do you want from this cat, man? <laughs> and, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I would never do that. I, I'm not in that position. You're right. I haven't been there for nine years and kind of gone through the ups and downs that he has. Um, you know, he, like I said, he obviously like really cares about the Raiders and really loves the Raiders and wants to win. So when you go that long and it just hasn't happened for you, maybe this is what comes out. Yeah, I agree. It does. It, no doubt about it, it does. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on, uh, on Raider Nation Radio 920. You can catch Ed on ESPN Las Vegas. And, of course, all his writing is on the RJ. My man, DeMond's got one for you. When it comes to the players that we're not going to speculate about who's not buying in, but do you think that an issue for some of the players in the locker room could be we, we keep hearing about next year or what this team is going to be building for the future? And, and a lot of guys in that locker room have to be looking around where if they're going to be replacing people, it may be me. Do you think that too much has been made this season? Obviously, they have to go out there and perform, but too much talk has already been put on, hey, these aren't their guys already. Yeah, I mean, I think guys hear things, Damon, and I think guys, you know, people are saying, well, you know, they're going to keep losing for the draft pick. There's not one guy in that locker room who cares about a draft pick, right. nor should they. This is, their, this is their livelihood. I mean, this is how they make a living for their families and themselves. So they shouldn't be caring about draft picks. That's for something for someone else to care about, whether it be media talking about it or management or whoever. But I guarantee, you know, look, they hear things, they read things, um, they read about, you know, we're evaluating and, you know, we've been evaluating the whole year, and we're going to, you know, Josh McDaniels talked about uh, today his job is to not only look at this year but next year and beyond. So, yeah, I think um, that affects them. Now, should that affect them buying in? No, they should be bought in 100%. You know, that's, that's what they get paid for. Um, I know it's easier said than done. We're not in the locker room. We're not them. We're not inside them. But, you know, what's the old cliche like? The one thing that should never have to worry about is effort. Right. And I think they give effort. I, you know, I, I heard some people also say that it's really hard – I think it's really hard, and you know, cues there every game in practice. I mean, for us to watch, I always kind of, you know, shake my head at people who say, "Well, they don't give effort." And I'm like, "Well, how do we read that?" I mean, it looks uh, you can't tell me they don't play hard. Like, I, I don't believe that. Like, I don't believe in that game and how violent and you know, um, you know, injury prone that game could be, where you're letting up because you might be mad that you're hearing things or Derek Carr saying things or, or whatnot. I, I still think they play hard. I still think guys, you know, put a maximum effort in because in that league, if you don't, man, you'll be out. Yeah, you'll, you'll be gone and injured. So, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I don't, I. It might be happening in the locker room, like they're saying, but on the field, I, I guarantee they're playing hard. No, that's a good point because again, when you you know kind of ease up and you don't go full speed, a lot of times that's, oh, that's how you, you get hurt. Get, yeah, that's how you get injured. So I mean, you bring up a really good point there. I think the the main thing is just with the locker room and all the guys not being on board and maybe not like their role, uh, or or even like you know you talked about guys, uh, you know, putting not putting their body on the line for for the the, the guy next to them. I can see those kind of issues, but you bring up a good point about effort. I mean, it's just one of those things you got to go out there and and these guys are going to play hard regardless. And let yeah. me ask, uh, let me. Let me ask you, or I want you to read this uh, this text to you real quick because you're there at training camp and preseason as well. We got a text from Trey in Kansas City. He said, y'all lied to us again. Y'all said they look great in training camp. I should have known that when they went undefeated in preseason, Raiders media always hypes up just to get let down. You were there at training camp just like I was there at training camp, and I'll be the first to say what I saw at training camp looked like this was going to be a really good team. What did you see? In training camp from the Raiders. Well, I was like just I was just one win behind you. I had him at nine and eight. You had him with ten. I mean, we're yep. all, we're on the same page um, in that. Uh, and and look, I, I know it's preseason games, and I know a lot a lot of the starters are playing, but it's hard to walk away from going undefeated in preseason and say they're going to be bad. 
I mean, that, that right. that's a hard thing to say. Um, I thought they looked good in preseason. I thought, you know, I, I thought Devontae Adams uh, looked good. Um, you, look, again, we're talking hindsight. No one in the world could have predicted Chandler Jones with half a sack after nine games. Right. Like, right. There, there, no, there's no one in the media or the fan base who said, oh, yeah, he's going to have a half a sack after nine games. So it's all relative to what you're talking about, but I thought they were going to be much better. That's on that's on me. I mean, people who thought they're going to be much better, that's fine. But I didn't walk away from training camp saying anything other than I think they can be good and make it back to the playoffs. Right, exactly. I mean, again, and what I saw, and it looked like the teaching, which is something that we hadn't seen. I hadn't seen teaching before. This time it looked like they were teaching and they looked like attention to detail. So it did look like this was going to be a well-oiled machine, and clearly it's not. And maybe they don't have the players. Maybe they don't have the buy-in. Maybe the star. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the brainchild, so I don't know why it's not connecting. It's just clearly it not connecting. No, it's not, and I like I'm with you, Q. I don't know either, and really, no one outside that locker room does. And you know, look, I get it. That's our job. We we write, we do radio, we speculate. I I get all that. Um, that's kind of what we do, and um, you know, we we look for answers. You know, even though we know probably they're not coming, um, but I'm not gonna. I don't know what's happening in that locker room. I I don't want to say. I just think when you have two team leaders on back to back weeks questioning things then there is some kind of disconnect. Right. Might be only a few players, might be 30 players. That's the other thing. We don't know. This could be, you know, he could be very directly talking to two people, and we wouldn't know that. Right. Um, you know, he, you know, I, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I'll go back to my original thought. I thought the part of the quote about what we put our bodies through so we can sleep at night and what we put our bodies through, he said that phrase twice. I thought that, I'll just leave it at that. I thought that was a very interesting phrase, and I didn't know if he's talking about guys who just aren't on the field. And, right. again, I'm speculating, and I'm, I might be right, I might be wrong. I'm not going to say one way or the other if I'm right or wrong. It's just that's kind of what I read. If you're asking me what I read from the quote, that's kind of what I read from the quote. Yeah, and I think that me and you and probably a bunch of others are probably reading the same thing from that quote, and that was a very um, telling part of that quote from Derek Carr when he was at the podium. Well, Ed, fantastic stuff. Your piece, Mark Davis on Josh McDaniels, he's doing a fantastic job. That's out on VegasNation.com, uh, part of the RJ. What uh, what else you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for, Ed? Oh, I'm sure we'll be talking about this in the morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I know my co-host, this is what we'll lead with uh, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, Golden Knights, they, they actually lost the game. They're not going to win every game this year. Oh, wow. Uh, so we'll talk about Yeah, it's a, it's a shocking. Uh, they play tomorrow night, and UNLV basketball probably gets its, by far its most stiffest test against number, I think Dayton might be up to number 22, 20 in the country when they come into uh, UNLV tomorrow night. So that would be a big one for Kevin Kruger. Yeah, man, that is going to be a big one. A quality one. win. And there you go. <laughs> You know what? Uh, let me go back to the Golden Knights real quick. And I know it's been a few days now, but, man, Eichel goes back to Buffalo and gets a hat trick. How awesome was yeah. that? How awesome was that? that <laughs> you couldn't have written a better script than that. Um, right. And he, he had fun with the fans there. Yeah, he and, did. You know, the, 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 the divorce wasn't great with the injury and what everyone wanted him to do and he wanted to do. But, you know, I think um, after that hat trick, he'll have moved on. I mean, he, you know, you can't, get it, you can't get any better than a hat trick and a win. Right. Um, and I'm sure he's I, – I guarantee he's very, very happy where he's at now. Yeah, I agree 100%. And they're they're off to a heck of a start. So they're not going to win every game like you mentioned. But, man, they're playing uh, – they're, yeah, they're, they're on the ice doing their thing, man. They look good. They're the best team in hockey right now. <laughs> That's n- enough said. That's a mic drop moment right there. Ed, thank yeah. you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. appreciate you. See you, right. man. Yep, there he goes. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, press box, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on our sister station. Of course, you can find all his work 
at the Review Journal, VegasNation.com, at Ed Graney on Twitter. 2.47 is the time. Come on by. We've had a bunch of people come by, get some uh, calendars, Hooter Girl calendars. We only got one left. We only got one 2023 calendar left. So if you want it, you better hurry up and come get it. We got some T-shirts. We got some IPAs. We got some hand sanitizers and tickets. We got them all for you. Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. we got plenty to get to on today's show. Very excited about everything we got coming up in a few minutes. Former NFL defensive back Mark McMillan. Mark Mack, he'll join us to talk all things what a locker room, NFL locker room, looks like, sounds like, and what it looks like and sounds like when it's broken and when things aren't going right as it is right now for the silver and black. Uh, also, this is not a PSA for the RJ, but, man, Vinny Bonsignor just put out a, a piece on the RJ. Sources, Raiders' frustration grows over Waller's absence. So uh, we'll deep dive into that a little bit later on in the show. I know we got a lot of calls and texts to get to, but, man, the RJ's pumping it out today, ain't they? Between Ed and Vinny and Sam's going to drop something. Cassie was on the show on Friday. Man, the RJ's on fire right now. What's Heidi going to come with next? Heidi going to come swinging from a – Swinging from the fences or something, man. She's going to come in in a minute, too, with some, some kind of people's elbow or something. Is that what they call it? Demar? Yes, it is, but also a PSA. That's why local journalism is so important. <laughs> That's also facts. Also, before we get to any uh, calls, and we got tons to get to, let's limit the call. Let's not make it the lengthiest call. Let's not preach. We don't need anyone to give a sermon. Just, boom, hit us with your point. And I'm not trying to be rude. I just know we got a bunch of calls, and I want to try to get to as many as possible. 702-365-9200. Let's start things off with uh, Robert in San Jose. You're up first. What's on your mind, brother? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Q. Uh, I'm the one that uh, I think you talked a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think most Raider fans looked at the skill position players and got excited, and we forgot about the offensive line. And uh, that's been a demise as well as the defensive line. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm trying to have some faith in Dave Ziegler, even more so than Josh McDaniel. I looked at the moves that he's made, uh, getting rid of McLaughlin and bringing in Chandler Jones. Uh, mistake. They traded a six-round draft choice, I believe, for Jackson Barton. If he can't beat out Jermaine Alamalor, who I believe is the first or second most penalized player in the entire NFL, why did the hell did you waste a draft check on this guy? Uh, you drafted a guy, uh, two guys in the fourth and fifth round, defensive tackles. I'm watching a 49er game last night up here in the Bay Area. I see a fourth-round pick for the Chargers who's starting and playing pretty well. And we have two guys that can't get on the active roster. Well, they were, that was, th- th- thanks, for, thanks for the call, Robert. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm trying to get as many calls in. They weren't active because of discipline. That's why Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell were not active. Josh McDaniel said it uh, after the game. He said that, you know, the inactives will keep it in-house, but hopefully we get them back next week. And then today he went into a much lengthier uh, answer. It was Basically, it was a discipline thing. There was three guys out of all the guys that were uh, inactive. It was a discipline thing. So uh, thanks for that. And, you know, I think that with the limited amount of draft capital that Dave Ziegler had to work with this upcoming year, giving up the first and second round draft pick for Devontae Adams, I think he did pretty good. Obviously, we haven't seen much from Zamir White, nothing from Britton Brown yet, but that's because Josh Jacobs has been killing it. So thank you for that call. We're going to keep it pushing. Bledsoe, you're up next. What's on your mind? Uh, no, not Bledsoe. We got Raider Fish in Berkeley. Raider Fish in Berkeley, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Oh, man, what ain't on my mind? Hey, uh, whew, I'm going to try and keep it short. Right, there we go. Uh, there he goes. <laughs> Got to let you go on that one, brother. Got to keep it clean, man. It's still radio. Raider X, 
You're up next. Keep it clean. Hey, guys. I know it's, it looks, it's a mark of success when you can draft in the third and fourth round and later rounds and get some starters. But let's call it what it is. Just because they're starters doesn't mean they're playing well. Look at the way the offensive line is playing out. They can't even beat out a Luminor, and Luminor stinks. Look at the players that they brought in, the draft choices. Just because they talk good and use articulate words on some of their, their, their draft and their free agent moves, besides Adams, I mean, Chandler Jones, and you think you look at Robinson, they, me, they brought in Robinson and other players. Let me ask you this real quick, Raider X. Do you, think, you don't think Dylan Parham is playing pretty well? I, I, I think he, you, know, you got one hit, but look at some of the other moves. You know, some, okay. some of the other moves. You, you, tell, you tell me that, you know, uh, you got all your other players. You tell, uh, Neil Farrell is playing well. You, I mean, you, just, you tell me that, uh, you know, Mumford's playing well. No, they're okay. Oh, yeah, they're, all, they're okay. So, I mean, again, now we, we can go back and argue the same point with Gruden and Mayock. You know, yeah, they blew a lot of great. I think they just get starstruck. But you didn't see what they were picking was the third and fourth round where they actually were making some success. Right. But look at the look at the play that they brought in. I mean, Averitt, come on. I mean, that yeah, was one of their big grabs. He's been you know, bad. Uh, he's been bad. Bilal, you know, Bilal, uh, you know, I mean, when they brought in Bilal, that was supposed to be a big grab. It's just not happening. But they, but they talk very, very clean, very articulate, have a great plan. But their choices and their moves aren't panning out. So my question is, I'm going to cut it out like this. What is the faith that they, they continue with this regime, the success? Yeah, you know, it, it's, you, can't, you can't pull the plug now. We're too deep in it. It's already falling apart. They've got to get the, they gotta get the, the buy-in. They've got to get a, a new culture. They've got to get people in there. But do we believe that they're going to pick the, same, the, same, the right type of people to go in there? Just because you can write the book doesn't mean you're going to be the guy that does the voice on the audio book. And that is what the true leader is. And I don't think he has that voice. Or that style, that ability, it, he's too dry. He doesn't look like he brings that fire to that group. Okay. And sometimes, you know, you need that mixture. That's, okay. that's, what, that's my piece. That's fair. No, that, I mean, that's fair. You know, and that's, that's still TBD. That's still to be determined. We don't know. I can't answer that question for you. I can say I think that the draft picks they had were pretty decent. Uh, I'm not going to judge Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell Jr., who haven't played very much on a couple games, a handful of snaps so far. Uh, Bilal Nichols, it was a two-year deal. But Averett, he wasn't a big get. That was a one-year deal. Andrew Billings, that was a one-year deal. Uh, there's a lot of these guys that are just one-year deals, right? And what do we say about one-year deal guys? They're just guys to, to, to fill a void and see if they can play a role, right? Even Rocky Yassin, he's, he's on the final year of his deal, and they traded for him. So I, I think that, you know, again, we looked at the stars and the skill position and said, oh, man, I, at least I did. And I thought the Raiders could overcome maybe a, a, a suspect offensive line because, well, Josh McDaniels will scheme the ball out of Derek Carr's hand so quickly. That was me. I'm not saying you. I'm saying that was me. So that's, that's where we kind of looked at, or at least I, over, I looked at it and said, okay, this is how they can overcome the issues that they may have. Coming up next, we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Mark McMillan will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.